Catholic History Trek, a podcast exploring the Catholic past. Welcome back to Catholic History Trek. I'm Kevin Schmeezing. Scott, taking the day off today. Some 30 years ago, I picked up a book. It's titled A Prayer Book of Favorite Litanies. More than 100 litanies in there, compiled by Father Albert Hebert and published by Tan Books. At this point, I don't remember how I came across it. Maybe I saw it in a catalog and bought it. Maybe I was given it as a gift. But in any case, it had a major impact on my prayer life. I bought at least four or five copies over the years, given some as gifts. I've worn out one completely, and the one sitting in front of me right now isn't looking too good either. The praying of these litanies has become a valued part of my prayer life. Besides the litanies themselves in this collection, there's an excellent introduction where Father Hebert outlines both the spirituality and the history of this prayer. And I'll be drawing on that introduction, among other sources, for this podcast. If you're a practicing Catholic, you're probably familiar with at least one litany, the Litany of All Saints, which is prayed every year during the Easter Vigil Liturgy. All ye holy apostles and evangelists, all ye holy virgins and widows, pray for us. That's the basic structure of a litany, an invocation followed by a response. Most commonly, when the invocation is to a divine person, the response is, have mercy on us. If the invocation is to a saint, the response is, pray for us. But there are many variations to this rule across the various litanies. The litany form that I've just described finds precedent in the Psalms. For example, Numbers 118 and 136, which consist of a series of descriptions of God's works or blessings, followed by the refrain, His mercy endures forever. The litany of saints that I mentioned is the oldest litany in the church, dating to the 4th, possibly as early as the 3rd century. The term itself, litany, dates back to that time as well, though its use has evolved. In the early centuries of Christianity, litany, the term, was used for various kinds of public prayer, such as rogation or public fast days, and especially for processions. For example, the Roman procession held on April 25th, which was known as the Litania Maior, the major litany. Responsory prayers were often part of these observances, and so gradually the term became attached to that feature specifically. The litany form of prayer became widespread and popular during the Middle Ages. By 1600, the historian Baronius reports that there were some 80 of them in use. As litanies proliferated, church authorities thought it prudent to provide some oversight to the practice, and so steps were taken to limit their publication. Today, this restriction has been narrowed to one stipulation. A small number of litanies are officially approved by the church for public use. That is, they can be prayed as a church community or in liturgical contexts. For example, during a parish procession. All other litanies are for private use only. That doesn't mean that they have to be prayed literally in private with one person praying, they can be prayed in families or in gatherings of groups, just not as an official church body. Litanies approved for public use are generally the most ancient and well-known, and there are six of them in total. The first, the aforementioned Litany of the Saints. Besides Easter Vigil, 
This litany is also used for baptisms, ordinations, church dedications, and other ceremonies. These applications employ different forms of the litany, as you might expect the litany has changed over the centuries with some saints being added to it. There are also variations for local context or specific situations. For example, during a baptism, the saint's name of the child being baptized can be added to the litany. The second approved for public use litany is that of the Holy Name of Jesus. That dates back to the 1400s when St. Bernardine of Siena and St. John Capistrano preached respect for the name of Jesus and promoted devotion to it. Dominicans, as well as Franciscans, took up the devotion and eventually formed a confraternity. Holy Name societies were very popular across many American Catholic parishes, especially earlier in the 20th century. The Litany of the Holy Name was approved by Pope Sixtus V in 1587. The third approved litany is that of the Sacred Heart. This was approved by Pope Leo XIII in 1899. That was the culmination of a long development of devotion that you can hear all about in the recent episode that Scott and I did on devotion to the Sacred Heart. The fourth approved litany, the Blessed Virgin Mary, or the Litany of Loretto, which was approved by Pope Sixtus V in 1587. But it dates earlier than that, possibly much earlier. The Litany of Loretto contains many of the traditional titles for Mary. For more about that, listen to our very first podcast on Titles of Mary. The alternative title for this litany, Loretto, comes from its association with the Shrine of Loretto in Italy, which is purported to be Mary's own house, miraculously transported there in 1294. The litany had already been prayed at this shrine for many years when St. Peter Canisius published it in 1558. But its origins may go back even further. Some writers claim that early forms were prayed in the first century or two of the church's existence. We have found extant litanies to Mary in one form or another from as early as the 12th century. A number of invocations have been added since Sixtus V's approval in 1587. We talked about some of them in our Marian Titles episode. There's Queen of All Saints, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, Queen Conceived Without Original Sin. Pope Pius XII, after defining the dogma of the Assumption in 1950, added Queen Assumed into Heaven. There are more recent additions as well. Pope St. John Paul II added Mother of the Church, and Pope Francis just last year added three new invocations, Mother of Mercy, Mother of Hope, and Solace of Migrants. These last additions are a good example of the fact that just because titles are added at a particular point in time doesn't necessarily mean that they're a novel or a recent development. Mother of Mercy, one of those titles added by Pope Francis, appears in the Salve Regina prayer, which dates back at least to the 12th century. The fifth litany approved for public use is the Litany of St. Joseph. This was approved by Pope Pius IX in 1909. In May of this year, 2021, during the year of St. Joseph, the Congregation for Divine Worship, with the approval of the Pope, added seven invocations to this litany. Guardian of the Redeemer, Servant of Christ, Minister of Salvation, Support in Difficulties, Patron of Refugees, Patron of the Afflicted, and Patron of the Poor. The sixth and final litany approved for public use is the Litany of the Precious Blood, which was approved by Pope John XXIII in 1960. The devotion to the Precious Blood was popularized by St. Gaspar del Buffalo early in the 19th century, 
The litany was composed early in the 20th century at the latest. Litanies for private use, well, there are many, as I've indicated. Just to give you a sense of the variety, there are litanies directed to God, the Most Holy Trinity and Divine Providence, for example. There are litanies directed to Jesus. Besides those mentioned, a few others include the Litany of Christ the King and the Litany of the Infant Jesus. There are several litanies to the Holy Spirit. There are many litanies of the Blessed Virgin Mary, besides the approved one that we've talked about. There are litanies of the Immaculate Heart, of the Sorrowful Mother, of Our Lady of Fatima. There are many litanies to saints and angels, such as Michael, Anne, Peter, Jude, Augustine, Dominic, Francis, Rita of Kasha, John Vianney, and Therese of Lisieux. And there are a few litanies for special intentions, for a happy death, for humility, for the church in our time. In the prayer book of favorite litanies that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, besides the excellent introduction, there's also a publisher's preface by Thomas Nelson, and I think it describes well the appeal of litanies, at least speaking for myself. Nelson writes that, whereas at first thought one might judge the recitation of a litany to become quickly boring and flat, just the opposite is true. A litany ever reveals to the reciter new insights and new channels of devotion. Much like a many-faceted gem, a litany reflects its light, first from one angle, then from another, with an almost supernatural charm and freshness. My hope is that this episode has given you a deeper appreciation for this particular form of devotion within the church's rich liturgical and prayer life. We offer this episode, as we do all of them, to the greater glory of God. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sugut Erd in Principio et Nunc et Semper et in Secula Seculorum. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.